Okay, so here's a good one from Everett. Uh, Everett, who, by the way, has been watching for some time, and I'm glad to go ahead and take one of his questions here. There's actually a couple of questions here. What do you think about the rapture and children? Will all children be taken uh, from every religion? Will that uh, wake those in unbelief? So the question basically, uh, are all children raptured away? And is that true even if they're in another religion? And will that be a wake-up call to those who are left behind? Um, as far as the answer to the last question, I would sure hope so. You know, if something that dramatic happened and knowledge of what that event could have been is known, I imagine to those it's known to, it would strike them and, and hopefully um, serve as a wake-up call. Although we should remember that Paul did speak about how those who did not receive the love of the truth, they will receive instead a strong delusion from the Lord. In other words, helping them firm up their position in rebellion against him. So I, w- I would imagine in 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 some uh, among some that it would have that kind of a, a wake up call effect, but probably to the majority of people in that time in that day will likely uh, have the opposite effect and cause them to want to dig in their heels. What about from every religion? Well, I think if if uh, if we're talking about children, and by children what we mean are those who are too young to make personally thoughtful decisions choices. Uh, gain that uh, uh, sufficient understanding uh, of the implications, the questions of you know re- revolving around faith in Christ and that kind of thing, then whatever religion they're in may not really matter because they're also likely too young to really understand that religion. They're not the responsibility is not yet fallen on their shoulders because they're not of an age where they could have that capacity. Uh, we call this the age of accountability, although the Bible never clearly says what that age is. It's often held to be maybe either 20 years old when you're old enough to serve in the military uh, or uh, probably um, what would have maybe more bearing in in my mind would be bar mitzvah age, you know, the age of 12, 13, where, you know, a young boy becomes considered a man and that kind of thing. But the Bible is never super clear on that. But it does speak about the idea of um, of becoming responsible because of what you've been given in regard to knowledge about such things. Uh, in in Romans chapter one verse twenty, for example, there is mention of the general creation and and how people can see it, and therefore our man is without excuse when it comes to knowing God through that uh, through those means. Now, of course, seeing the creation doesn't tell you the gospel, but it begins to demonstrate that there is at least enough knowledge to know that God exists, and so it becomes something of a starting point at the very least. Then, of course, special revelation or things like the Scripture or the Bible and that kind of thing. Um, or, um, in, um, uh, John nine, where John heals a blind man and, uh, the Pharisees question this, you know, uh, the miracle and all this kind of thing. And Jesus, uh, finally in their hearing, when he speaks about how he's come, uh, to help the blind see and, 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 and such. And, and, uh, but those who are, think they're seeing ultimately are blind, and, and the Pharisees hearing this say, well, are we blind also? And Jesus would uh, goes on to say to them, well, if you were blind, you would have excuse, but since you say that you see, you're without excuse. And so built into that answer seems to be the idea that there is uh, sort of an understanding that you can have understanding, but it's possible not to have understanding, and if you don't have that understanding, there's a level of responsibility that you don't have yet. So, uh, and, and by the way, uh, um, when we talk about children and maybe not having the, uh, the capacity mentally, emotionally to really make those kinds of decisions, we would also naturally include in that 
Uh, it would make sense, it seems, to include in that, therefore, those who, for whatever other reason, maybe through developmental issues or uh, maybe via a brain injury or something like that, we're not able to develop to the point where they can make those thoughtful self, um, um, you know, gain that understanding personally and all that kind of thing to respond to the gospel and such. So, um, you know, will all children be raptured? Well, I guess I should say that there's no passage in Scripture that explicitly says one way or the other. Uh, however, I think there is a similar scenario that um, that I think is at least kind of instructive in this way, and that has to do with uh, a similar question. What about children who die? Uh, do they automatically go to heaven? Um, well, generally people answer that question and say, well, they're innocent, so they're, they're not guilty of being sinners and all that kind of thing because they're just children, they can't make decisions. That's not really accurate because every person is born with a sin nature by virtue of being under the headship of Adam. It is once we are born again that we come under the headship of Christ and that that um, that having been brought forth in iniquity, being conceived in my mother's womb in sin, as David would say in Psalm 51, uh, that is now overridden by our being under the headship of Christ. Again, our, our being sinners is not just what we do, it's what we are. And so that's what changes when we are born again. All things become new. Um, so it's if a child is raptured or uh, alternatively, if a child dies, do they go to heaven? It's not based on their self-innocence as if they're not still carrying a sin nature, they are. Um, so on what basis would they go to heaven or would they be raptured? Well, um, uh, you know, depending on the camp you're in, you may have a different answer to this question. Uh, I was, uh, it's probably unfair on my part to, to, to have been surprised by this, but it, it seemed to follow logically to me as I was looking at different, uh, I mean, I know how I answer the question, but I, I wanted to kind of look into different perspectives on this and just see if, if there were things to be learned about uh, questions like this. And, and so I looked into um, a number of people in the Reformed camp, and, 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 and my, my suspicion was that generally in the Reformed camp, there would just sort of be a, a no answer because... Um, you know, if, if people are elected by God purely on his choice and with no responsibility to respond or not, there's no way to know for sure if a child would go to heaven or if a child, when they die, or if they'd be raptured if, uh, you know, if someone in that reform camp held a, um, a premillennial view. And so, um, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that most people essentially that I saw in that camp that responded to a question like this in general answered like I, I would, you know, um, that yes, I, I, I personally believe that children that die uh, under the age of accountability or babies that die would go immediately into the presence of the Lord. Uh, and I would therefore suspect that that would also be true in regard to things like the rapture. Uh, again, in lieu of there being a clear answer on this, I don't want to be dogmatic about that, but I do think that the scriptures do give us a little bit of insight in how we can approach those questions. And so again, without being dogmatic about it, I do tend to believe that the answer would be yes, based on the passages we've already looked at. Um, but also, you know, when you think about, um, um, like in regards specifically to the rapture, uh, you know, if a person is not capable of making the response uh, either for or against belief in Christ because they're just not at a place where they can, then the presumption is that God didn't create them to send them to hell, per se, but ultimately that they might be saved in that. And so there there may be, 
Some people have called it a special grace for children and that kind of thing. There may very well be. Uh, it does seem, again, Jesus, let the little children come to me. Um, you know, even when the disciples try to keep them away, but he said, let them come to me. It's such as these that inherit, uh, to, to whom belong the kingdom. Um, you know, it would appear that there is reason to assume uh, or at least expect on some level that that those who are children or be, uh, below the age where they would be held accountable, um, that they would go in the rapture as well. I guess I, uh, is it possible that God may have some purpose in not rapturing away some of the children? Because technically speaking, they haven't put their trust in Christ. And there's a whole lot of mental gymnastics you can do in trying to figure that out. And again, because there's not a passage or two or three or any that specifically answer this question uh, very directly, um, the best we can do is is build a case. You know, could God have a reason uh, to to for for some children to remain during that you know that period of time uh, uh, in the tribulation period and that kind of thing? I suppose so, but again, based on you know sort of Jesus' interaction with the children, the idea of their um, um, you know, the kingdom being for them and that kind of thing. My suspicion, my strong suspicion would be that the answer to the question, would they be raptured away, would be yes. Um, what about kids from other religions? Well, again, if they're not able to choose Christ because they're just not capable of that kind of thing, they're also not capable of choosing the religion that they were just born into. And so I, you know, in terms of accountability or the expectation to respond to that knowledge they've been given, as we surmise from places like, again, Rome, uh, Romans 1 or uh, John 9 and that kind of thing, um, it seems to me that that would be the answer to that question. Uh, boy, I sure wish I could be much more f- feet firmly planted on the ground on this one, but there's something to be uh, hopefully uh, learned from the idea that where the Bible is silent— this is about as far as we can go. You know, we can't dogmatically pronounce what the answer to that question is without clear scriptural, um, uh, a clear text to point to. Uh, there is one other text that I would bring into this. Uh, some of you are probably sitting there thinking, well, wait, what about 2 Samuel, you know, chapter uh, 12? Um, you know, this is a passage that I would agree uh, is, is likely weighs in on this as well. Uh, and I think I think significantly, um, the the scene in chapter twelve of Second Samuel is that Samuel and Bathsheba, uh, there has been this fall into sin. David has taken Bathsheba and has gotten her pregnant. She has his first child. Uh, he is born and he is sick and he is dying and he's alive for a week before he finally passes. And during this week of of suffering, David um, uh, is mourning and grieving and and fasting and praying and. And, uh, and all this kind of thing. And, uh, and then the child dies on the seventh day. And David shaves and cleans himself up and begins to kind of reenter into his life. And, and uh, the servants say, well, David, why is it that when your son was sick and dying and all this, you were fasting and, and you were just in this whole kind of place, and now all of a sudden you seem to be doing okay? And David goes on in verse 23, and he says, well, now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? The rhetorical question is obviously intended to be answered no, but he goes on to say, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. In other words, I can't pray and fast and bring him back to me, 
but one day I'll see him again. One day I'll go to him. Well, the presumption there, David being a man after God's own heart, in spite of his own even recent failings, uh, extreme failings, David's expectation is that he's going to go to see his son in the presence of the Lord one day. And that brings great comfort to David, so much so that he's able to continue on in his life. And I think that we ought to see that as a passage from which we can also glean uh, comfort if, you know, for example, if uh, if, if in, in, in your family, uh, maybe a child was lost, a child passed away or something happened, uh, and you wonder, well, is this child with the Lord? Well, I think a passage like this, again, Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, I think is intended to bring comfort to us in the affirmative in that, uh, in that situation. So I think that there is, again, it, that's the closest thing to a passage that says children go to heaven when they die. Um, it is reading into the text to say all children go and all this kind of thing, because it doesn't actually say that per se, but I think there's enough there for us to confidently assume that the idea is that a child that dies, um, or even a, a, a person that's not a child in age, but maybe in mental capacities and that kind of thing, uh, would, would the true, that would be true for them similarly. And so, um, so, you know, you see a passage like that and that, that to me is probably, arguably the strongest passage that we can point to to answer this question. Now, again, that's in regard to a child dying. That's not the same thing as being raptured. But in terms of a child and how it is that they are somehow graced to be in the presence of the Lord in circumstances where they die, or maybe even in terms of the rapture, I, I, I tend to think that there's enough of a case to make scripturally from this passage and the others we spoke about that give us some ground to stand on and to say, uh, if not with absolute certainty, at least confidently, yes. So um, hopefully that helps. And um, I, I admit that uh, again, I don't, I, I can't answer that as confidently as I can some other questions from a scriptural standpoint. Um, but I think there's enough there to to give us something to work with and and hang our hat on at least uh, at least uh, with some confidence. So thanks for asking the question, Everett. And, um, and if, if any of you all have questions and want to share, you're welcome to go ahead and, and send them uh, to me via email at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com, or you can feel free just to comment in our YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel below the videos. There's a comment section. You're welcome to leave your questions and comments there. So, um, Lord, we thank you, and we praise you for the hope that we have. We know that um, the rapture in itself is a glorious thing to be looking forward to. And in regard to the question about children and that kind of thing, we do know that even though uh, we find ourselves uh, straining to uh, to have a, a strong sense of confidence about the answer to that, there is something about your character, your nature, what we do know in the Scripture itself that gives us uh, a measure of, of confidence in, in, in addressing this question. So I just pray that we would find rest and peace in that question, in, in, uh, in that hope, and in what your Word has given us. Um, and Father, most of all, we thank you that the answer to questions like these are truly wrapped up in your character, your nature, who you are. Uh, we know, even as Abraham um, declared that, you know, will not the judge of all the earth do what's right? Well, rhetorically, we know that question is asked and the answer is yes, of course you will. And so we thank you that whatever the answer is to this, and we do think we've got it, but, you know, whatever it is, we know it's right. And one day when we're in your presence, we'll understand it. Uh, at least to some better degree than we can here on this side of things where we sort of uh, see things through a lens darkly in that. So, Father, we love you and thank you for your goodness toward us, your grace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the eternity that we look forward to. And, Father, we especially hope that those who are of the age of accountability 
would take good look at what you have given them to understand your existence, but also your plan of salvation uh, in your special revelation. They would receive that, that they would respond to it and uh, and receive Christ as their own Lord and Savior. They would enter from darkness to light, from death to life, and from bondage to freedom in Christ. And so thank you, Lord, uh, in advance for those that will be saved in the days to come through your uh, your good news. So we love you, Lord. We thank you and praise you for all of these things. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace forever. Until next time. Amen.